Hello, promoters, and welcome to episode 37 of Uncharted Territory. Delighted to be back with you this week. We appreciate everyone's patience last week on the with a holiday weekend ahead of us. Everybody's schedule was fairly busy. We just weren't able to get together and record last week, but we're back better than ever with a great show for you this evening as we preview or review, as the case may be, the Trago Synthes Hall of Fame set that will be in at least some promoters' hands by the time they hear this podcast. So with, before we get to that, it is our tradition, as always, to talk or to go around the uh, Zoom room, as it were, and hear from each member of the Legends team and give the official weather forecast from their neck of the woods to get us started. And we're going to go ahead and start with Corey Olson. Corey, how are things in your neighborhood, sir? Thank you, Stu, and hello, promoters. Great to be back with you again. Thank you for your patience. It was great to see support and people asking on the episode 36 thread about where episode 37 was, so love the uh, support and fanaticism for this show, and uh, it's good to be back after a little break. Uh, we've got a uh, jam-packed show here, and weather report here in Maplewood. Finally, 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 the rain has come back to Maplewood. We got some much needed rain and uh, and it, off and on today. So we definitely needed it. The lawn is turning from a crispy brown to a nice green. And it's it's great to see that. Plus it cools off the temperatures a little bit down to like the low 70s, high 80s, which feels wonderful. So I'm excited to be back with you promoters. Happy to talk about uh, the new releases at Galacticon and another upcoming event. Excellent. Thank you, Corey. Tim Dalton, our man in Buffalo. How are things, sir? Things are going well, Stu, and uh, it, it's a very consistent uh, weather here as we've had about uh, 85 degrees with 85% humidity. Uh, so it's been it's been a, 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 a hot, sticky few days with the holiday weekend, uh, but things are looking to cool off probably, if not tomorrow, then later in the week. And uh, hopefully we'll, uh, we've had some rain as well, got some much needed rain. Uh, and uh, things are, uh, are looking good. And I'm anxious to, to get into our uh, discussion this evening on the, uh, the Hall of Fame. So looking forward to it. Excellent, Tim. Thank you very much. Chad Olson, how goes it with you? It's very warm in central Iowa. It was 100 yesterday, and it was 95 today. But thankfully, it looks like we got a storm rolling in about 4 a.m. and that'll take her down to a nice, comfortable 75 degrees. So, uh, and we really need the rain like everybody else does. The, the lawns are not looking good. But I'm ready to talk Legends of Wrestling with all my friends. So it is a good evening. It is a good evening. And I am Stu Lowry, your host for tonight's episode or this afternoon or this morning's episode, depending on when you're actually listening to this. And in Virginia, well, the weather sucks. It's 95 degrees, approximately 85 to 90% humidity, just like Tim. Tomorrow will be the same. The next day will be the same. Pretty much ad nauseum until September. Welcome to Virginia. But I am absolutely just jazzed to be talking with my friends tonight about the new set. And without further ado, let's get into tonight's main event or this episode's main event, which is a discussion. A point of order, Chad. Yes, sir. We just need to make sure if you haven't received your cards yet, stop listening. Yes. This is your one and only Don Jardine warning. Get it? Ah. Spoiler warning. Ha, ha, ha. I see what you did there. Very clever. 
All right, that was a pause for everybody who has not gotten the set to uh, now uh, stop listening and wait till they get the set or otherwise you will be spoiled. So let's get into discussion of the Trago Synthes Hall of Fame 2 set. And as is our usual uh, format for these types of discussions, we'll have one panelist lead off with their views of a particular or a couple of wrestlers and the rest of us will chime in with our, our particular views on those wrestlers as well. Corey, you're going to get the, the big dog or one of the two big dogs of this set. Why don't you start off and lead us with the discussion of Kurt Angle and John Pesek, please. Yeah, I'd be happy to, Stu. And um, we didn't get a chance to, to, you know, discuss Kurt Angle when he was announced on this show just because of our recording schedule. Um, but Chad uh, was responsible, along with Jerry Briscoe's guidance and help for uh, getting Kurt signed. And I know he talked about that on Roll Up, so uh, we don't need to rehash that too much. But this was just an awesome signing. I was really excited that Chad got this done. Uh, and thanks again to our, our good friend Jerry Briscoe for his assistance. And um, being a, a modern wrestling fan, I, I was a huge fan of Kurt Angle. Um, I remember him very vividly when he debuted on WWF TV in 1999 and how they built him up. You know, you thought he was, he was kind of portrayed as a face, but he was instantly made a heel because this was the Attitude Era and things were different. Um, so I actually made a bootleg for Kurt Angle years ago, never released on our Yahoo group or anything. Um, but that was very early in his SmackDown WWE run of 2003 with Brock Lesnar and Team Angle. So he definitely needed a lot of revisiting. And this is a very different card than that uh, original version I did. Um, he's a tough card uh, and he should be, you know, of the modern era wrestlers, he is going to need to have some of the toughest stats around, you know, he's a great athlete. So minus two, minus two made perfect sense. That strong offense, either the German suplex add one, you can think of it this way promoters, you know, he would sometimes do an individual suplex or sometimes do the rolling German suplexes. So it's up to you, promoter, how you want to portray that. Maybe you roll several of them in a, in a, roll, in a row. Uh, that can be the rolling suplexes. So um, the finisher mechanic, we wanted to do something to really make him tough. And, you know, we didn't really feel it made sense to do a straight plus three right away because you watch Kurt Angle matches, especially those pay-per-view matches, both WWE and TNA. It would take several tries at that ankle lock. The guy would roll out of it. The guy would kick him off before he got it on, get to the ropes, Kurt reapplies it. You know, it took a few times. So doing that, that stronger, the more times you hit it type of mechanic um, made a lot of sense for Kurt. So, uh, so that we went with that and uh, I think it represents him well. Uh, he's got some strong ratings all around. You know, he hit a lot of reversals, um, things like the outside cradle. He would do that uh, running belly to belly superplex off the top where the opponent was going for a death jump. So that could be something you incorporate into his death jump of a, just a lot of things that you can do uh, with this card. I'm really excited. I, I do plan to use them in the near future and uh, I'm excited. I'm excited to see what you promoters think about it. So, and now I'm going to talk about uh, another one of the top stars in this set. And that was a re-release from color. And that's John Pesek or Pesek, however you say that. Uh, I say P Pesek usually. Uh, I, I'm a fan of his. He grew up in Nebraska where I lived for about seven years and his hometown has a really strong high school wrestling program, even to this day. So that's just a cool cool thing about his uh, his background um i loved his original card and as we do with all color re-releases you know we try to change things up a little bit uh so looking at the card and the little bit of 
research and results that are out there. I don't remember if Tim or Chad made this original one, but I, they really nailed nailed it on the head with the the black and white card. Tim Tim's raising his hand that he did. So thank you, Tim. I mean, the, the move wise, they were spot on. So there wasn't a lot you could do, but we you know we try to shake up the the setup a little bit. And one thing I did find in someone's results was this new move, the scissors. It's a, it should be a head scissors and wrist lock for spacing. We just put scissors. Uh, this was a move that some reports described as a move Pesic would transition into a choke. It was banned in some states. He'd be disqualified for it. So I thought, well, he's got this enforcer mechanic that he had originally. And I know for me personally, I don't know about you promoters, but I, I just thought that that enforcer mechanic didn't come into play as much as I hoped it would. I mean, he I used him in that role, but as far as being disqualified and injuring the the champion's upcoming challenger, it just didn't happen enough for me. And and if you think about it, the main way he'd be disqualified on the original card was through out of the ring. Well, now here's another possibility where he could try to injure his his allies upcoming challenger, get disqualified, you know, this is another way for that to happen. So that was one reason that uh, we included that move. And then again, based on history, this was something that came up in a lot of reports. So uh, I think overall, he's still gonna be very competitive. Oh, I also wanted to mention too, a little thing, later in his career around the 1940s, he teamed with his son. That was Jack Pesek. He didn't have quite the career his father did, but they teamed for a while. And I just thought, well, since he uh, teamed with his son, it would make sense to give him one defensive tag. You know, he wasn't obviously a tag team specialist, but of these vintage pioneer era guys, he was probably one of the first to have done tag team matches. So I just thought that was a little change we could make to differentiate from his black and white card. Corey, thanks for that. Tim, what are your thoughts on Kurt Angle and John Pestick? Yeah, I think, you know, Angle was huge. I mean, I just think if you're looking at guys from the 90s and 2000s, you're not going to get people much bigger than Kurt Angle. You've got the pro aspect of it. You've got the amateur, the Olympic background. He's just a fantastic in-ring performance. I I mean, you can't do much better than that card uh, or, you know, signing somebody of that level. And I just, I just think it's a great one for the game, and I'm really looking forward to, uh, to seeing how people use him in their feds. And uh, I, I think he'll be a, uh, a very well-liked addition to the, uh, the, the legends of wrestling. Uh, the Nebraska Tiger Man, I've always said that uh, at the Hall of Fame, one of these days I'm going to walk out of there with the, 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 the robe that he used to wear to the ring that says Nebraska Tiger Man. It's got a big tiger on the back of it. Um, it's a really cool ring robe if you ever get a chance to get out there. But uh, he was, he, he's, I, I love that card. I love doing the re- the original research on it. And I think Corey's done a great job of kind of capturing the feel for him because he was a real badass and uh, he wasn't above, you know, breaking a few rules. He's one of the few guys that I, don't, I think never won a title technically in the ring, a world title in the ring and never lost a world title in the ring. So uh, just a unique guy, but who was known as one of the, the baddest guys around. So uh, should be a, a great addition for everybody's uh, for everybody's studs. Cool. Thank you, Tim. <clears throat> Chad, what are your impressions of Mr. Angle and Pesic? Oh, I'm super excited to have Kurt Angle in the game. And I've talked about what that signing was, was like and what occurred there. Um, but I'm really happy with how his card came out and what Corey did with his original bootleg and did kind of round one and then we did a revision to it kind of a little later in the game. And I think we got him pretty on point and also hats off to Corey and Tim for their double team work on John Pesek and 
and getting him to be a very interesting vintage character. And I think that's what's cool about some of these vintage guys is giving them some mechanics that might give them more personality than you might know that they have originally, just if you're like flipping it over and it's like, oh, okay, it's a vintage guy, whatever. You know, we're trying to do little things to spice those guys up a bit. I think it worked pretty well with him. And I don't have a ton to add on either one other just than to say that Angle, and I probably have said this with other signings before, but it is simply amazing to me that in our little game, we have Kurt Angle in Legends of Wrestling. I mean, come on, people. If you can't get excited over that, I give up. I mean, that is a absolutely phenomenal signing. Uh, and the story behind it is equally cool. And I just, I, I, I was a decent Angle fan. Uh, I'm becoming a bigger one now that he's in the game. I just think it's really cool that he's joined up with Legends of Wrestling. And this is a real coup for this game and could open some more doors for us moving forward. I'm really excited about that possibility. One cool thing about Angle um, is, you know, the other day I said to Todd, I'm like, hey, let me try to get some autographed cards for the auction. And obviously they're going to get autographed after you buy them. If you do bid on them in the auction, we can get them personalized to whoever however they want, you know, like to, to my best friend, Kevin Butcher, love Barry Windham or something. But um, I had Kurt Angle's email still. So I said, you know, Mr. Angle, you know, can we, can I send you a card to get autographed? We'll auction to raise more money for the Hall of Fame. He's like, absolutely send it. I mean, he responded within about three minutes, sent me his address again. And so we'll be ready to roll and get an autograph Kurt Angle for somebody who wants him on the auction. So just super generous with his, you know, with his time and helping out the game. And he retweeted Phil Singer's game's tweet about um, about his card being released, you know, and he only has, you know, a measly 1.3 million followers. So that might certainly get some eyes on the game. Probably, probably a few more than Phil Singer games or Legends Wrestling has maybe by, you know, 10,000 or so. I think that's an accurate assessment. I, I think on so many levels, it is a great signing. And certainly for that, it, it helps... Uh, evangelize the gospel of uh, Phil Singer Games Legends of Wrestling. And it's a great signing from that vantage point. Uh, moving on, the next two wrestlers that we're going to discuss that are a part of this set, which in my opinion is one of the strongest sets ever released, top to bottom. Uh, we've got Gorilla Monsoon and my uh, one of my all-time favorites, uh, or he's become one, I should say, is Bob Backlund. Uh, Tim, why don't you lead us in the discussion on those two, since they were somewhat in your wheelhouse, sir? Thanks, Stu. Yeah, you know, I've, I've done bootlegs for both of these cards, as, or for both of these wrestlers as part of my WWF and WWWF sets. Um, but the Gorilla Monsoon that I did was the later career babyface version, because there is literally zero footage available of him as a heel uh, during his WWWF run when he fought Bruno and all that. So there was some real digging around trying to trying to find moves. And I, I was pretty sure he didn't use the airplane spin as a finish. But, you know, I had a really dig to find out what was going on. And I found out that he used to use like a running splash that they called the Manchurian landslide, uh, because this is the early heel version for Gorilla. So um, I, I thought it, it's, it's definitely a different looking card. I tried to keep, uh, you know, as far as the 
integrity of the the good guy bootleg that I had originally done with those sets. I tried to kind of keep the integrity there with some of the same uh, setup type things, but but for the most part, I, I it, move set wise, I think we're pretty spot on uh, as far as that goes. And uh, as far as Bob Backlund, I mean, you know, I've said a lot about Bob and, and when we talked about uh, the release that, that when, when it became known that, that he was signed, I mean, you know, you, you don't get much better than that when you're talking about the, the World Wrestling Federation and, and uh, just having a guy that was champ for that long, just fantastic. For the people that have seen some of the bootlegs out there or mine that, that I did for the, the early sets, uh, we tried to tweak it a little bit. We, we took the, uh, the rolling back bridge, which is the old O'Connor roll, um, where, you, where you basically push the opponent into the ropes facing forward and then roll up backwards, and then he, he would do a bridge out of that uh, for a pinning combination. We moved that to the into the ropes uh, in, instead of having it as a straight finish, and then bumped his uh, uh, the atomic knee drop or the cross cross face chicken wing to a plus three because you know, he beat everybody with that, no matter who it was. I mean, I've seen him get huge guys up for that, that knee drop, the atomic drop. So yeah, the, one of the things too with Backlund, when he was using that, uh, the, the cross-faced chicken wing and, and as his finish, guys were submitting to that at a time in wrestling when you didn't see a lot of guys submit to that. So we figured that each of those, those finishers could be a plus three without much of a problem. Corey, your thoughts on those two fine signings? Yeah, this is just two great, awesome signings. Excited when I heard about them both. Thanks to Chad and Jerry again for Backland and uh, to Todd for Gorilla. Um, I think it's really cool that, you know, Tim got to have, as he said, two of his bootlegs, even though the Gorilla was a different era, but just two cards that he'd worked on on his own for fun in the past come to life and be official. Um, as Tim said, you know, the mechanic for the, uh, the rolling back bridge with Backlund, I just think that was a great way to incorporate that and uh, to make that a, a finisher, but kind of an out of nowhere, you know, not, not expecting it. And that just made sense. And uh, I just think that's a really cool touch there that they added. So one thing with Backlund, you know, I didn't realize this until later years um, that he had used the cross face chicken wing at, during that initial long world title run. You know, I was familiar with him coming back in the nineties and his heel run. And he did that. And, you know, even as a heel for a few months there, they really sold that as a strong move. I mean, he was beating Bret Hart with it and, and all of these WWF faces at the time. So I always, um, about that's about the time he was in that run is when I started playing champions of the galaxy. And I would kind of envision real life wrestlers and what they would look like if they had GWF cards. And I always thought, Oh, Bob Backlund's got to have a strong cross face chicken wing finisher. If he, if he ever got a card. So um, I like that we, we lifted the, or raised the atomic drop or cross face to a plus three. I think that made a lot of sense and uh, just a good way to, to just set up his card a little bit differently. And gorilla, I think this is an awesome card. You know, historically we've talked about it on previous episodes, but you know, he was a big deal for a year or two of there as one of Bruno, Bruno's first big title challengers, monster opponent. And, uh, you know, it just obviously long-term, you know, maybe more important to the business behind the scenes, but just a, a great, great, I'm glad we could represent this era of Gorilla and that, uh, that initial big run he got right out of the gate. So uh, excited to see how these guys do for you in your feds promoters. 
Thank you, Corey. And I, I definitely agree on gorilla. I think that's an interesting era, a more interesting era for gorilla monsoon to have in the game. Chad, your thoughts on these two gentlemen. So, um, yeah, I'm again, really excited to have Bob back in the game to me. He's another huge, huge get for the game. And, you know, honestly, the thoughts of having Bob Backlund versus Kurt Angle or Bob Backlund versus Jack Briscoe um, is really intriguing. You know, I'm not I'm not a huge Gorilla Monsoon fan, but I understand for some fans. I mean, it's not like I dislike him. I didn't care for him as an announcer. I think we've already discussed that. But it's good to have, a you know, this crazy wild man from Manchuria who was wading around nude in a stream and all that. Um, it'll be it'll be a good guy to bring into the Fed, and you know I'm sure a lot of promoters do a lot of creative stuff with him. But very very psyched for Bob Backlund to have him in the game. Yeah, when people when people discovered me waiting waiting nude in a stream, I, I just I I was just hauled away and arrested. I, I never yeah. got a contract with. The we WWE. we called we called the Jamestown police and they put a couple. Yeah. Of and we said yeah. we got to have big this guy white on the booty. Show. <laughs> Yeah, that was the year we still stayed at the Hillside Strangler Motel. There was a lot of weirdness that year. We need a Bobby Davis card to discover Gorilla and also to manage Buddy Rogers. So there you go. That needs to happen. Uh, if, promoters, if you have not read Backlund's, is it a biography or autobiography? I guess it's as told too. Uh, it's it's one of the better wrestling books uh, you, you'll read. Yeah, uh, in, in terms of wrestling biographies you're going to find. It's a great book. It's a thorough discussion on his life and um, his time in WWF. And I gained a much better appreciation of him. Uh, I will admit, uh, in first looking at Bob Backlund, I didn't necessarily get it. Um, just I, I probably had the same opinions as some other fans. It's just didn't quite understand if there was the mystique that, we, or if there was any mystique there, but the guy was a draw. The guy was a fabulous champion. And I am as excited for his signing as anybody else's we've ever had. I've just gained such an appreciation for the guy. And it's still a physical marvel uh, to this day. Um, he's just uh, absolutely in, in fantastic shape. If I could be a 10th in that good of shape at his age, I'll be doing something right. So again, wonderful to have uh, both names in the game. And as I said earlier, I like that Gorilla is uh, represented by his heel uh, stage, if you want to call it that. I think that's just a really cool era to have represented in the game for him. Moving right along, uh, our next two names to talk about, and Chad, you'll lead us in the discussion on these two gentlemen are Thunderbolt Patterson and Don Curtis. So take it away, Chad. So I'm very excited for both of these guys. You know, Thunderbolt, per, yeah, Thunderbolt Patterson has gotten a, um, to know quite a bit since his induction in 2019. And, you know, when I told him what we were doing and that it was a fundraiser for the Hall of Fame, he was in, said, sign me up. I'll do whatever to help the Hall of Fame out. And he was a guy who there wasn't a ton of footage on. Um, I used Pete Fusco's... Um, bootleg from his uh, JCP set from, let's see, that would have been 85, and kind of used him as a little bit of a format, but I also knew that wasn't prime T-Bolt, so I did find some older footage, and, you know, a, a lot of fists of flying on Thunderbolt, um, but he he did do some good amateur wrestling, too. He started off one of his matches with the fireman's carry and stuff, 
snag him in that. So um, it'll be fun. And I really like the artwork from the full body shot that uh, Warner did for, for T-Bolt. And the um, he sent me some stuff to put in the museum. And one of the things is a pair of his boots. So the, the boots that are on his card are very Thunderbolt authentic. And then I called him and asked him what color his ring jacket was. And he told me, oh, I think he said initially he had a red one that he got from Freddie Blassie, but then he, he said he had a purple one. So that's what we went with is that purple uh, ring jacket for him. And Don Curtis, uh, his wife, Dottie, or I should say his widow, Dottie, had attended the Hall of Fame a few years ago when he was inducted. And um, some of the, the folks from IPW in the Hall of Fame and kept in touch with her over Facebook. I reached out to her and said, you know, this is kind of what we're doing. And, and Jerry Briscoe's kind of spearheading that. And she said, well, if Jerry's involved, that's good enough for me. Um, so got, got him involved as well. Um, I mentioned before, there wasn't a ton of footage on him either. But, um, you know, one thing promoters may want to do with, with Curtis, uh, since we don't have his uh, real best known, partner of Mark Lewin. Um, Curtis became a promoter in Florida um, later in life. And one of the people he booked on his um, promotion when it was running opposition to championship wrestling from Florida was one Mr. Thunderbolt Patterson. So maybe you have a little Don Curtis Thunderbolt Patterson tag team hit your fence. Um, or some of the other tag teams that Stuart names off in the, in the biography in the handbook for him. So I think both these guys are great additions. And uh, you can tell how excited Don Curtis is by the, the look on his face and his artwork. He's going to be excited forever, Chad. Uh, Tim, your thoughts on Mr. Patterson and Mr. Curtis? Well, you know, Don Curtis is a Buffalo guy, so that's always good. And, uh, and T-Bolt, I know that, that he's just, he, just a great guy after meeting him at the Hall of Fame. And I know being uh, updated on, on by Chad on, on their back and forth and uh, you know, knowing that, that I had to get Girl Scout, Girl Scout cookies from his daughter because, you know, T-Bolt was basically out there hawking them. So I'm like, well, if I, if, if she's got T-Bolt behind her, it's good enough for me. Uh, but uh, he's just a great guy. Gave probably one of the best speeches, uh, you know, since we've been going to the, the induction ceremonies. I'm, I'm not quite sure what he said, but it was one of the best speeches ever. Uh, I, the man's got a lot of fire to him and, and his stuff is still good. So uh, just great to have these two guys in the game. However you use them, I, they're, they're going to be a lot of fun for everybody. Awesome. Thanks, Tim. And Corey, what are your impressions of Thunderbolt Patterson and Don Curtis? Uh, just two great signings again. Uh, you know, not much to repeat from Chad and Tim. Um, yeah, Don Curtis, I, I wasn't as familiar with other than the, the Mark Lewin tag team, but now uh, seeing some of the research you guys did and everything. Uh, this is a card, you, you could use it in a lot of ways, whether with Thunderbolt or another white meat baby face. I mean, this is just a great card. So uh, lots of ways you can incorporate him into your fed. And Thunderbolt is one of my favorite people on Facebook. Um, he is just, uh, just a wonderful man. Uh, he posts on things that I post uh, about my high school wrestling team. He congratulates them for their milestones. He often puts a picture of an American flag and an eagle. And uh, that's his, his congratulations. That's awesome. I love it. Um, you can tell he's a dog lover. Uh, he always posts man's best friend or something like that for when Chad or I post dog pics. But no, I mean, just as, as Tim said, one of the most memorable speeches, and there have been a lot of memorable <clears throat> speeches at Waterloo, 
but his his was one of the more one of the most memorable ones. I'm looking forward to seeing him very soon. My goal for episode maybe 39 is to get some Thunderbolt audio that we can uh, share with you promoters on here and uh, and uh, get a little heaven high on, on the uncharted territory. So, oh, but uh, card wise, um, Chad did a really good job of statting him again with limited footage. Um, but, you know, watch these matches, you know, they're not five-star classics, but he has the crowd, you know, in control. They're rooting him on. I mean, he is a fiery dancing baby face, you know, think of like a Dusty Rhodes or Boogie Woogie Jimmy Valiant, um, the same mold. And hey, we have Jimmy Valiant in the game. So, <laughs> um, but, you know, just the way he can just electrify a crowd. I think Chad mentioned this match either on our show or roll up, uh, but there's a, a match with him against Dusty Rhodes in Florida for the Southern title. And Dusty's the heel. And, uh, and he, he's trying to, Thunderbolt's trying to hit that headbutt. Dusty blocks the headbutt with like, with by crossing his arms. Uh, when he finally hits it, Dusty sells that thing. Like he's been hit with a chair and it's just, it's amazing. Um, check that match out and uh, yeah, heaven high. Heaven high indeed. Thank you, Corey. Well, as I'm a sucker for a brawler, I'm loving the fact that Thunderbolt Patterson is in the game. I don't know. I think I was in a former life. I think I really was a Memphis wrestling fan. I like punch, punch, kick, kick. I've grown grown in my appreciation of brawlers, and he was a fabulous one. And certainly was a prototype for a lot of Southern baby faces, um, uh, or he became that. And he's just an interesting man, a courageous man for stands that he took, and an absolute welcome addition to this game. Don Curtis, not a whole lot to add there. I could see promoters doing some stuff with uh, Curtis and Thez, as Thez was a mentor to him when Curtis came into the pro game. So there's another possibility for you, promoters. And yes, we always have a, a need for those uh, uh, those great baby faces, upper card baby faces. They, they fill a niche, and it's wonderful to have Don Curtis in that capacity. And who knows, maybe someday we will get his famed tag team partner. And then we'll have one other great tag team. Uh, bringing up the rear, the last two entrants in this particular set are William, William Muldoon and Roddy Piper. And I will lead the discussion on both of them. Muldoon, to me, is as interesting for what he did outside of the ring as what he did inside the ring. Uh, he was a real Renaissance man, a fitness fanatic. Uh, which the guys have incorporated and they incorporated into his original card too, some mechanics into the card that showcase his, his level of fitness. Uh, it was written that he once wrestled a match for seven hours. I don't know if I believe that or not, but it sounds pretty darn good. I bet he, met, I bet he wrestled his fair share of hour-long matches to, to absolutely to be sure and probably much longer than that. Um, I found it interesting that he trained John L. Sullivan. One of my likes is certainly old-time boxing history. Sullivan was one of the bare-knuckle champions uh, at, the, at the advent uh, of boxing's popularity, a rise of boxing's popularity, and Muldoon helped train him to win a, the World Heavyweight Championship at one time. And he was also uh, the head of the New York State Athletic Commission at one particular time, too. So, I mean, Muldoon did a lot of different stuff. And uh, his artwork, this particular card, I will say, is some of the best Werner has ever done, in my opinion, for Legends of Wrestling. I think that William Muldoon artwork just pops. And when I first saw it, I had that, that same feeling, and I had the feeling when it was announced. Uh, it really 
gives a lot of life to Mr. Muldoon, and I think promoters are going to enjoy using him. With regards to Roddy Piper, I mean, gosh, what else is there to say about Piper? We all know him. We all love him. He was a true icon. I, I, I had become, I had become more interested in Piper's origins. Again, not his origins, but his start in the wrestling business in terms of Oregon uh, or being in being in the Oregon territory. Or, uh, I, that is stuff I just don't know as much about Piper. I certainly know him from his Mid-Atlantic days. We all certainly know him from his WWF days. But to see him in that in those that early stage of his career, I, I want to see more of that. Uh, I find that interesting. I, I think he I think he feuded with Buddy Rose. Am I correct? Uh, yeah, I think that was a historic, yeah historic feud out there. And I I just want to learn more about it because um, I, I think he's just. That part of his career is very interesting to me. It is not as well known, but certainly helped form Roddy Piper. Now Piper is officially signed to the game and we have his official color card and I couldn't be happier about that. He, he is yet another name that really catapults this game into another, to another level uh, in terms of recognition as he certainly crossed over into the mainstream. So those are my impressions. Uh, Chad, we'll go to you first uh, this time with uh, impressions of Muldoon and Piper. So Muldoon is definitely one of the um, probably earliest historical wrestling characters that you, you know, you hear of. Um, I mean, obviously there was other people around that time, but I, I think he's probably the most famous one from that very early pre-1900 vintage era. Um, and, you know, you went over all of his accomplishments and there were certainly many, so it's great to have him in the game. And I, I like the mechanic that Tim came up when he originally created this card about how he ignores the first fatigue token because he's just that much of a bad mamma jamma. Um, for Roddy Piper, probably by the time you hear this, it'll, the story will be out, but the signing was um, for color was brought to you by the tag team of Chad and Mike. I had met the uh, Piper's uh, widow and his children at the CAC in 2019 and, you know, chatted with them, showed them the car, talked about how much, you know, we enjoyed having him in the game and how he, he was in the game, but not officially signed. And they just kind of laughed and said, yeah, that sounds like our dad. Um, and I got their contact information and um, Ariel, his daughter, I got her business card. And I must have put their cell phone numbers wrong in my phone because I tried to text him and I got a wrong number for, for his son, Colton. And then I was going through my desk at work and I found a stack of business cards and I found Ariel's business card. So I had her email address. So I reached out via email. Um, his widow, Miss um, Kitty, actually uh, emailed me back. And then I put her in touch with Mike and Mike talked to her and explained what we were doing and how it was benefiting the hall. And the rest, as you, we like to say, is history. So super excited. And I think just goes to show sometimes it just takes a while to get people re-signed or, or reformatted or whatever, but be patient. We don't give up. Um, so yes, um, you know, I think we've heard in the past week about 30 times that somebody wants Rick Rude. We're working on it. We want Rick Rude too. It's not like, ah, Rick Rude, we don't want that guy anymore. We don't want this guy anymore. Um, you know, we're going to try to get them. But for now, let's celebrate that we have a huge set with Piper and Backland and Angle and Monsoon and Tebow and Curtis and Pesic and Muldoon. I mean, this set is just fantastic. This is top to bottom, a, a huge set. 
So I hope everybody enjoys Roddy Piper and hats off to Corey, did a little revision on the back of the card um, that I, I had done his original black and white card. And, you know, Corey um, advocated for the movie around the foreign object because he'd pull it out and pop people with it when he was on defense and sounded good. So we went with it. That's my piece and I'm done. Drop the mic. Excellent, Chad. Thank you for that. Tim Dalton, your impressions of these two wrestlers. Well, Modoon, I think, you know, he, he was a lot of fun. He was tough doing research on, you know, that, that far back because, you know, he wrestled in the 1880s. So um, just trying to go through and see what else I could find on him. But and there wasn't much. We updated the moveset a little bit, but kept that mechanic about his, uh, his endurance uh, because you had that seven-hour match with Clarence Whistler is pretty well documented. So if it wasn't seven hours, it was probably at least five. And you know that 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 would uh, that would rival some of those Ring of Honor shows uh, that that used to, used to go on and on and on. Uh, you know, it, it just this was just one match. So, um, but but great to have him. As as Stu noted, you know, I'm I'm a kind of a boxing nut myself. So. You know, he trained Gene Tunney and some of the greatest boxers of that era. You know, when Gene Tunney won the world title, he said, I owe this as much to, to William Muldoon as I do to myself. So uh, that'll tell you what kind of a, a, a trainer he was and what a stickler he was in, in that. But, uh, and then Piper, I mean, it's Roddy Piper for God's sakes. I mean, you know, getting him officially in the color set, it's just outstanding. I'm, I'm thrilled to have them. It's a great card. We, you know, Corey did a good job on it. Chad of the original black and white stats where, you know, if you want to use them as a baby face, you can get away with it. If you want to use them as a heel, you can get away with it. So he's set up. I mean, you're ready to rock and roll. And uh, um, yeah, it, it just, it, and like Chad said, from top to bottom, it, I mean, there's not, there's not a bad one in this set. I mean, there is somebody that every card is just, top notch so I'm, I'm really excited about it and uh hopefully so will uh so will everyone else uh be it once they once they get the cards in their hands i'll echo that tim and corey your thoughts on william 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 if i can get that out muldoon and roddy piper um yeah i mean i just we talked about the pin mechanic with muldoon but i just think that's just such a cool idea just a a little something that's gonna make him go a little bit longer in matches, win or lose. And uh, that's that's just a cool thing. And I like the overall layout that Tim did with both the black and white and the color card. You know, you look, he doesn't have a strong finisher, but nor should he. I mean, he's going to have these long matches. He just gradually kind of wears the opponent down. He's got two add one moves, which is something we don't do a lot of in Legends. Um, but it really makes sense here. And um, it just, yeah, it's, it's going to give him those long matches. And I mean, that's the style he worked. Or you know, if you want to say worked and... Um, if you're not into long matches, maybe not be your cup of tea, but that's who he was and that's who he should be. That's how he should be represented. And Piper, I mean, this is just so awesome. And as, as Chad said it so well, be patient guys. I mean, look at all the new names we've gotten in color and the, the ones we've re-released. There's a lot more ideas we have for themes and sets over the next, I'd say two years or so. So just be patient. You never know what could come about. Um, this was about a, a two-year time frame, as Chad mentioned, with the CAC. I remember when he met Piper's family, he texted, I think it was Todd and me, asking for Piper's artwork. So I quick scanned it and, and sent him the card artwork and the stats to give the Piper family an idea of, of what the game was, what it looked like. And, you know, didn't, they didn't get connect right away, but they connected. And look what came together. So 
Yeah, just just be patient, guys. But uh, I want to, you know, compliment Chad on that black and white card because as I was doing some research for this color card, I'm like, there's not much to do. I mean, it was so well done. Chad really got the moves down, and and Chad's blushing right now. But and then also uh, just kind of reading some results from the history of the WWF site, especially a lot of the squash matches um, from his entire WWF run '84 to about '92. And watch it, look in those squash results. You know, he did some other things in addition. Obviously, the sleeper was the key finisher that had to stay, but he'd win with like the back suplex or even against squat, uh, jobbers, he'd use a foreign object once in a while. Um, he really got it right the first time overall. So I just kind of shuffled up some things, um, watched a few matches. As we've said, it's harder now with the, the Peacock to do as much WWE research. Um, but I found what I could and between YouTube and Peacock. And, and uh, I want to thank you promoters for adding to the thread that was started by Chad a few years ago as we started doing color revisions. Uh, the thread is on the main, uh, the basic legends board, not the main event board, I believe. It's posted at the top and you can add your thoughts to it. It's a thread about any suggestions for black and white cards being redone in color, things that you'd like to see differently. You know, we, we do read that. And uh, I used that thread to search for some ideas just to see if anybody had commented on Piper and somebody did. And whoever that promoter was, thank you. I'll, I'll look that up later. Uh, but he had suggested, you know, what if we made Piper's foreign object a, a defensive finisher? And I thought, you know, that, that makes a lot of sense. And, and it's a good way to differentiate him from his black and white cards. So we incorporated that mechanic. So thank you. And promoters were listening. And in honor of uh, Roddy Piper coming out in this set recently, I watched uh, his movie, um, uh, tag team that was on Tubi. Unfortunately, it was just on for a short time, but I watched Tag Team and then I had never seen the movie They Live. And I just watched that two nights ago on Peacock. It's up there. I had never seen it at Tim's in Shock. Um, but so I got to, I, I know. I've I, never I seen the, that movie either. It's oh. the greatest, greatest fight scene of any movie ever. Yeah, go ahead. That's a strong yeah. statement, Stuart. I stand by it. It's wow. a, uh, his his ending. I won't give away the ending, but it's a it's a bold ending, and uh, and a classic line about uh, kicking ass and chewing bubble gum. So, um, yeah, that that's on that's on Peacock. And Hell Comes to Frogtown is currently on Tubi. So check those out, promoters. Those cinematic classics. I've I've not seen that one yet. That's on my my list of things to watch. So yes, Chad. Did you mean you watch Body Slam? Tag. Did I say? T- yeah, tag, tag team was, was Jesse Ventura. I apologize. Yes. Oh, okay. yes, I watched I watched Body Slam that stars him and uh, the Tonga Kid and several other appearances by several wrestling legends uh, throughout that movie. So including Legends of Wrestling's Barbarian of the Powers of Pain. Corey, thank you for that. Cor- Cor- Corey was Corey was watching a couple guys get tag teamed uh, out, in the, out in the street. But no. OK, sorry. Who invited this guy? Well, with that, promoters, that concludes our review or slash preview of the Trago Synthes Hall of Fame 2 set. And we're going to launch or change shift gears a little bit. Uh, staying with the Hall of Fame theme, we're going to be talking about uh, or giving our little preview of the upcoming Trago Synthes Hall of Fame weekend, which is going to be on July 16 and 17. Do I have those dates correct? Mostly. Uh, the festivities kick off Thursday night, July 15th. 15th. Downtown Waterloo, Iowa, 300 versus 303. Jefferson Street, uh, the home of the Dan Gable Museum, George Trigos, Luthes Professional Wrestling Hall of Fame. It will be an exciting evening. We're going to start off 
on Thursday night with, at 5.30 with the uh, Jason Sanderson uh, Social. We'd like to thank Jason Sanderson for sponsoring the social as he has done for many years. Um, this will be a great opportunity to just sit down, hang out with some other promoters, other wrestling fans, and some of the legends themselves. And uh, we'll have uh, food and beverage there. And then after that, we'll roll to the down the street to the Best Western Plus to their bar, which off the top of my head, I can't remember the name, but it's the only bar in the building on the first floor by the entrance and the hotel desk. So you'll find it. Um, and we'll do wrestling trivia and open mic. And that's kind of a fun time to hang out. Again, a lot of the legends are down there hanging out in the bar. Um, you know, you'll form t- trivia teams and battle for fabulous or not so fabulous prizes. I honestly don't remember if we have any prizes, but I think we have in years past and they've been somewhat fabulous. And then on Friday, the event will start at about 1230 at the Five Sullivan Center, which is across the street from the Best Western Plus, and that'll be a pro wrestling evaluation where you have a lot of independent wrestlers coming in and they have the opportunity to um, wrestle a short match, like seven to eight minutes in front of Jerry Briscoe, uh, Ken Shamrock, James Beard is scheduled. They're all scheduled to be there, um, checking out the, the, the wrestlers and give them some hints. And then from that, we'll roll right into the first round of the IPW Hall of Fame Classic with... Um, eight great independent wrestlers and we'll have the first round of the first ever IPW women's hall of fame classic as well. So you'll have five matches that afternoon. That'll probably wrap up around two 30 or three, giving you time to go right into the pro wrestling podcast segment where um, we have the big ace and West Briscoe podcast that's taping. And that's right there in the five Sullivan event center. It's like 20 feet from the arena door. You'll be in the, the room for the taping of that podcast. And then at 5.30, the doors open for the big Impact Pro Wrestling show to benefit the George Tragos Luthes Professional Wrestling Hall of Fame. Doors open at 5.30, a little fan fest with legends signing autographs and stuff. The show will kick off at 6.30, and we have a lot of great matches. Um, we have uh, the, the semifinals and final round of the Hall of Fame Classic. We'll have the women's um, finals of, of that four-woman tournament. We'll have uh, Impact Pro Wrestling Heavyweight Championship match with the big picture defending his title against the Golden Boy, Bryce Jordan. And that's a rematch from 2019. And that was an electrifying match. And they recently battled on the 20th anniversary show and uh, had another fantastic match. So who knows what's going to happen that night? If uh, Bryce Jordan can win the title and finally in front of all of his hometown fans there last year, he had or two years ago, I should say, he had about 70 friends and families there packing the stands and going crazy for him. And it was an electric night. We had about six or 700 folks there. So hopefully we'll have a, another great crowd. And I'm looking forward to all the promoters that are going to be in attendance. And I think by my last estimation, we had about 15 different uh, Phil Singer Games promoters coming out for this. So, um, you know, if you can't make it to Galacticon and within driving distance, you know, if you're within five, six hours, I'd say... Think about making it down to Waterloo for this. Um, after the show, um, I don't know if I've even shared this with Tim, but we're not going to the Screaming Eagle for the after party, which had become a favorite over the past three or four years. And do you know why, young Tim Dalton? I, I, I don't remember, I, although I do know that you told me. Because Doey Joey's Pizza oh. Town Location is back. 
They f- it is a suburbs, and six or seven years later, they come back to downtown to the epicenter of awesomeness in downtown Waterloo, Iowa. And Doey Joe is going to be the official spot for the after party. So you literally cross a very not busy street to Doey Joe's. We have the upstairs party room reserved for us for all access pass holders and, and distinguished guests. And you'll be, again, you'll be able to hang out with legends, have food, drink, and it'll be just a, a super fun time hanging out there. We won't have to mess around with shuttles, which means Chad doesn't have to drive the shuttle bus and park it by the museum at 12 at night. And it's kind of scary there. Um, and it's just going to be a great time. And then you you will literally just cross the street and you'll be back at your hotel, ready to be. Can, can we get the IPW ring in there so we, we can just do the show in there and just make it make it a one-stop shop? I mean, probably not. I don't think they have that much. Oh. I don't think they have a little dock big enough. So. All right. So then uh, I'm just, just trying to think. Just. I appreciate it. trying to develop efficiencies. Um, Saturday morning, we'll definitely... Uh, go down to the museum and about think for all access pass holders off the top of my head on the schedule in front of me, we'll say about 9 30 10 o'clock the museum will open and we'll start having some roundtable discussions we're going to do a, a tribute to Don Kernodal with um Jerry Briscoe Sergeant Slaughter Bob Roop who was instrumental in training him his brother um uh Wally who wrestled as Rocky Kernodal and Keith Larson is scheduled to be in attendance and, and say some words too um we'll have another uh Roundtable discussion. We'll have an autograph signing, and all access pass holders get to the front of the line. If you don't have an all access pass, we take a big broom and we sweep you to the back of the building. No, I'm just joking. Um, but we do have I have a special line for those golden ticket winners, those all access pass holders. We get them in first to get their their cards, buy merchandise. Um, Mark James, who's receiving the Jim Melby Award, is going to be um, there, and he's going to be bringing books. So. Again, if you can drive, you can fill your trunk with books. No more like flying from the CAC with a few books. You can fill your car with books, friends. And then um, also just got him booked today. Um, our good friend and support of the Hall of Fame, John Rezzi, who had the uh, honor of meeting back in 2019. And he delivered the, the uh, induction speech for his, I, I think I could say his hero, his childhood idol, Bruno Sammartino which was a very emotional and very cool moment for both him and the hall. He's coming back and he's going to have a, a vendor table. And if you follow him on Facebook with his John Resident Matt memories auctions, he does a lot of cool stuff out there. I picked up some really awesome stuff. The, the uh, signature, the uh, autograph poster I have right behind me here, which has, let's see, Captain Lou, Larry Zabisco, Bruno Sammartino, Ivan Koloff, Wendy Richter, the Boogie Woogie Man, the Uncharted Territory podcast favorite. Nikolai Volkov, Jushin Liger, Killer Kowalski, and Hot Stuff Eddie Gilbert from his Weekend of Champions 3. He has cool artifacts like that, and I, I bought that from him um, in 2019, and it sits behind me in a place of honor. So, you know, please consider supporting John Arezzi and Mark James and, and purchasing some of their items. They'll have a lot of cool stuff there, and we appreciate them, um, you know, attending the Hall of Fame and supporting us by uh, purchasing a vendor table uh, at the event. And then, you know, rumor has it there might be some people selling some Phil Singer game stuff, like perhaps the Tragostez Hall of Fame number two set. Also, the Tragostez Hall of Fame number one set with luminaries like Jack Briscoe. Um, and you can, you know, get some of your cards autographed. I put in that thread um, 
on the board, who's going to be there, who you can get your cards autographed from. If you can't make it, watch the uh, auctions at the Galacticon this weekend, because I'm going to try to get as many of those autographed as, as possible. Um, and all those folks who are attending, you know, there's people who are attending the Fan Fest who aren't really going to be there for the, the stuff on Saturday. So folks like Tony Atlas, um, Barry Windham and Mike Rotundo, I'm so excited for them. They were the tag champs when I started watching the WWF. Um, Cowboy Borup, Orton, they're all going to be there. So if you want their autographs, you need to be there on Friday night at the Fan Fest prior to the show. And our good friend promoter Herb Simmons is bringing them in. And maybe we'll have Herb on sometime to talk about promoting uh, wrestling with Larry Matisic of, of St. Louis. Herb, Herb's a great guy. And once we get done with our show for the Hall of Fame show, we'll start hyping up his show in October uh, down in Southern Illinois. But we're not going to talk about it here because we don't want to distract you from buying a ticket to our event. Um, and then after the autograph signing, we have, you know, you got enough time to run back to your room, put on your shirt, put on your tie, tie your tie, help somebody tie your tie. If your friends can't tie their own ties, which I encounter every year, not these guys. Um, and then we go over for the uh, social hour and reception before the banquet. We have dinner. We'll have, um, you know, we're going to have uh, Thunderbolt uh, say the blessing for dinner this year. That's going to be exciting. And then we're going to have the uh, Hall of Fame induction ceremony itself. And I'm going to be uh, the MC for that again this year. And that was a tremendous honor to, to do that uh, two years ago. And we might have a, a couple other special guests there as well up, up on the mic, which we'll uh, keep secret for now. And then you will be exhausted and curl up into a fetal ball. But if you haven't had enough wrestling, go to Des Moines, Iowa on Sunday, July 18th for a special afternoon matinee show where we'll have folks like Miranda Gordy and James Beard and Wes Briscoe appearing. It'll be a two o'clock show in Des Moines. Um, you know, you might uh, watch the show, jump on your flight out of Des Moines. I think Zeke, we have to drop him off at the airport first. Corey, you're in charge of that because I go run a show and uh, ring announce for that. But you'll be back in time, Corey, to see the show too. And it'll just be a fantastic weekend. Weekend, And then there's just all the camaraderie that goes along with people, you know, stepping out, you know, grabbing a beer, grabbing something to eat. We'll point to the direct, right directions for some awesome Mexican food. There's a fantastic brewery, which their food, I think, is better than their beer. And their beer is fantastic, but their food is out of this world. Stuart still raves about the uh, what was that grilled romaine salad? He, the which large, is awesome. largest oh. romaine salad. Yes, it is amazing. They have great wings. They got Fantastic. great burgers, all sorts of good food there. So that'll be at single speed and single speed. If you do feel like fundraising for the Dan Gable Museum, they have a Dan Gable beer. It's um, uh, a Munich. I think it's pronounced Hellas beer. Is that right, Corey? Yes, that is correct. And it is in honor of Dan Gable winning his um, gold medal in the Olympics in 1972 in Munich. Every sale of a, a pint of Dan Gable beer gets money to the museum. They give $1 for every pint. So we like to sit there and fundraise. But even if you don't drink, that's fine. Come hang out with us too. It's a really cool open air style beer hall. And like I said, the food is fantastic as well. And it's just a lot of fun to hang out there. You got to be careful with the wings because you may wind up with the sauce on your on your forehead. So we've seen we've seen friends of ours that have gotten a little bit involved in the uh, the wing eating. So people who aren't as good at tying ties sometimes get wings on their forehead. And then uh, there's also always Saturday night after everything's wound down, after the banquet, after we put some people to bed, we go out and we hit the karaoke bar in downtown Waterloo, Iowa. The Broken Record, and then what's the bar with the karaoke called? Uh, Broken Record is the 80s bar. 
and then I don't know. Right. The one you go downstairs. The one right next to it. No. Okay. Yeah, it's like two no, dogs dominating eagle. Broken record, records neighbor. Yeah, whatever <laughs> yeah. that one is. Um, we'll go there and, and do some singing. If you stay there till closing, you get to hit hear the IPW theme song, which closes every IPW karaoke event. Yeah. Excellent. Any listeners from Ireland, Corey? Uh, we no. The closest we have is England, but no, okay. no Irish yet. Yet, yes. But maybe if they hear the song, which we are not revealing yet, don't put it in those YouTube things, Corey. No, 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 no. Then maybe uh, they'll hear the the theme song, the closing karaoke song from the IPW crew, and we'll get some Irish listeners. Excellent. That might do it. Yes. Yeah, that sounds like a fabulous time. I regrettably am not going to be able to make it this year. I will be back. I think that all promoters that are going are going to just really enjoy it. There is never a dull moment. Corey, yes, sir. And I, I won't add too much because Chad did a great job of summarizing the weekend. Um, but just a couple of notes. And, and if this was covered, I was kicked off for a minute there in the middle. Um, but promoters, if you've purchased the All Access Pass, um, just check in at the museum when you get it, whenever you arrive. You know, it's not a, they're not checking IDs and checking background histories. I mean, just come join us. If you're late Thursday night, come find us. We're not hard to find. We're a bunch of wrestling fans having fun. Um, and then you can get your official pass and pay for it and everything if you still need to uh, Friday morning. So just, just come find us, you know, just have fun. You know, don't worry about it. It's a, it's, it's an overall laid back environment. And it's just one of the, I've said this before. It's one of the most accessible fan fest to, to wrestlers out there. So yeah, just come find us. We'll, we'll get you set up. And uh, yeah, it's just, it's such a blast, such a fun weekend, a lot of great wrestling action. Um, I'm really looking forward to the matches Friday night. They've been announced. They're on Facebook now, and uh, there'll be some added matches depending on the independent talent coming in. And you never know who you might see um, as an independent wrestler. Now they could be on WWE or NXT or AEW in a, in a couple of years. I mean, there's so many young wrestlers that have come to this event that are now nationally featured. So um, yeah, and and uh, if you can't make it this year, really make it a goal for next year. Uh, such a fun event. Um, we'll do something at the Hall of Fame with the with the TNT Phil Singer Games Legend set. Uh, whether it's just some demonstration matches or a tournament, you know, it's, we'll just kind of see what what we feel like and who's available to uh, to play some matches and even show some new customers uh, some some matches and how the game works. So um, maybe you can get Thunderbolt Patterson to sit down and he can. Uh, he can uh, coach himself as the destroyer did for Tim years ago. So, but yeah, it's going to be a great weekend. I'm really, really looking forward to it. Looking forward to seeing a lot of you promoters there. Mike, uh, Mike, Mike Maliski and I talked on the phone about a week ago and realized we haven't seen each other in person in 18 years. So it'll be great to see him. It'll be great to see Zeke again in person. And uh, several of you I haven't met in person. Uh, Grant, we've never met in person. So looking forward to seeing everybody uh, from the Phil Singer Games community in Waterloo. One thing to add, I have on page eight of the Tragos Thez induction weekend a list of everybody's appearing and there's asterisks by those who have uh, game cards. I think we got everybody I'm a little fuzzy on some of the independent guys, but, um, you know, Ty, thanks to Ty for uh, reminding me the Heather Monroe's in a, a championship wrestling from Hollywood set. So 17 cards, you have the opportunity to get signed. Now, some people are going to charge you for them. Some people may not. It, it's up to the wrestler. We have nothing to do with that. These The autograph session is not included in your all-access pass. Entry into it is. If you just walk in off streets, 20 bucks to get in um, to the autograph signing. But 
if you have an all access pass, you can get into the autograph signing and then you, you know, pay whatever they're charging. Some of the folks do donate their autograph proceeds to the museum. Some don't. That's business. Not our, not our problem. Not our, uh, not our circus, not our monkeys, I guess I would say. So that's between you and the wrestlers, but you certainly have the opportunity to get 17 um, Legends cards autographed if you bring everybody there. And I mentioned this on Roll Up, but please, 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 please let the Legends um, staff, including Mike, including Zeke, talk to the wrestlers about signing. Okay, we don't want uh, 15, 20 enthusiastic Phil Singer Games fans asking um West Briscoe 15 to 20 times if he wants to be in the game. Um, we'll handle that. Uh, let, let's just be good fans and, and uh, act, act with the class that I know we all have. And just one quick thing, Chad, uh, while we're talking about class uh, promoters, for those of you who are attending the whole weekend, and if you're going to the banquet on Saturday night, uh, you know, it's a special occasion. Let's dress up a little bit. If you don't own a suit and a tie, that's fine. But wear something nicer than your Austin 316 or NWO shirts. You know, a nice polo, some khakis, something like that. It's just a great way to show respect and honor to the legends and uh, show that you can dress up. So we appreciate it. And with that, gentlemen, it is time to do our customary wrap-up and shout-outs uh, as we close down this particular episode of Uncharted Territory. So, Tim, let's start with you first, sir. Just want to say thanks to everyone for listening. I'm looking forward to being out in Waterloo for, uh, you know, the Hall of Fame weekend. Uh, you know, Chad and I are two of the four remaining, I believe, that have been to every one, including when they were in Newton, Iowa. So uh, we're keeping the streak alive. We'll be there. It'll be a great time. And uh, yeah, please do what you can to, to make it. It's, it's just a fantastic, if you've ever been to Cauliflower Alley, uh, it, it, that's great as well. This is just a completely different vibe. It's a lot more casual and just love it. So, uh, do what you can to get there. It'll, it'll, it'll be fantastic and well worth your, your effort. So that's all I got for this week, Stu. Well said, my friend. Corey, what do you have for us? A few things here, Stu. Uh, first of all, I want to say that since our last episode dropped, we've added two new countries to our listening audience. And that includes New Zealand and France. So merci beaucoup and thank you for listening in your respective countries. Corey, Corey which was French? Which was French there? Uh, I think the thank you, but I'm not fluent in French, so gotcha. I could be wrong. Word. <laughs> uh, also want to give shout outs to our fellow uh, material providers, podcasters, YouTubers, um, Sam, Mike, and Todd at Roll Up, and Sam at the King of King of Pro Wrestling. Grant from the Filsinger Games Fan Podcast. He's got a uh, a new champion. I haven't listened to the latest episode, so maybe he has an even newer champion now. But uh, Shane has uh, picked up the podcast title last I listened. And Grant, thank you for putting out so many episodes leading up to Galacticon. Great, great stuff as always. Uh, also want to mention Steve Tower at After Further Review. Uh, Dave Little at Heartland Championship Wrestling. And also want to mention Lee Longpre from the Dizzy Dice podcast. So thanks promoters for promoting and providing great material. And uh, yeah, it's been a great build up here to both Galacticon and the Trago Stez Hall of Fame weekend. A lot of great material out there. And uh, thanks everybody for supporting this show and for listening and hope you have fun these next two weekends. Thank you, Corey. 
The Elder Olson, what do you have for us in the way of a shout out? Well, let's see. Let me get my list out here. First of all, I'd like to thank Kevin Butcher for his generous donation to the Hall of Fame um, that uh, preceded the auction. That was that was very nice, Kevin. So thank you. Um, everyone who commented on our last episode, including the kind of uh, detour we took regarding food and cooking and recipes, that was a lot of fun. And we are negotiating to have a special guest celebrity chef on an episode in the near future. Uh, this is an international chef. And he's been around for decades, and I think he's going to bring a lot of excitement to our podcast. So hopefully we can have that wrapped up with the next couple of weeks, and we'll have a, our first cooking uh, recipe uh, segment on our show. I think it'll be amazing. Um, thanks to the folks at Roll Up for having Tim and I on for the Galacticon One reunion about a week ago. That was a lot of fun reminiscing and uh, paying uh, tribute to Mark Ashby, as we all should, for creating this fan community. Um, thanks to Travis Heckle for notifying me the other day of the Houston wrestling payoff segment on Jim Cornette's drive through uh, Travis knows how much I enjoy um, listening to Jim Cornette, especially for a lot of those history segments. And, and he, you know, does the artwork for the posts as they go up on YouTube. And um, he said, hey, there's a great segment coming about Houston wrestling in the payoff. So I, I jumped on that as soon as it um comes out looking forward to seeing everybody at Galacticon this weekend um and again thanks to everybody's donated a lot of the cool stuff to the auction i won't be on there friday night as we're running a show at the adams county fair so if you're happy to be in corning iowa come see impact pro wrestling 4 p.m central time at the adams county fair on friday um and uh probably won't make it on early saturday but i will be on um hopping on for the Phil Singer game chat on Saturday afternoon and sitting in on the auction. And that's all I got. Thanks for listening, everybody, and stay safe. Thank you, Chad. Last but not least is little old me. And this is uh, Galacticon, or Galacticon is in our sights. I was laughing, or my wife and I were laughing earlier. She asked me about something or why I was so excited about something regarding Phil Singer games. I said, it's Galacticon week. She said, what the hell? I thought this was just a weekend. But no, no, now it's a week. So uh, getting fired up for Galacticon, looking forward to seeing uh, people back uh, at this particular convention. I thought we all had a really good time um, last year. And it's just uh, was one of those things that kind of got us all out of the pandemic rut when we uh, started, when we had that virtual con and just it was a lot of fun. Really looking forward to it. And now pull up a chair for just a minute. I'm going to give you all a little NBA history lesson as the Phoenix Suns and the Milwaukee Bucks have tipped off with the NBA championship finals. This is, uh, it's very poetic. Uh, these were two expansion teams in the same exact year, 1969. They both came into the NBA at the same time. Being expansion teams, they had a coin flip to see who would get the rights to the number one pick. That particular year was Lou Alcindor, who became Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and is in many eyes the greatest player that ever lived. Sorry, Michael Jordan. The, uh, the Bucks won. They won the coin flip. They won their one and only championship two years later. The Phoenix Suns drafted the immortal Neil Walk, uh, who was a fine pro, but he was not Lou Alcindor slash Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. And now they're meeting in the NBA championship finals, and I, being an NBA wonk, am just in heaven over this. I think it's fantastic. Look it up. Wonk's a word. It, this is fantastic uh, for the NBA, although uh, probably not ratings box office gold for the NBA either. Uh, but it's just it's cool to see these two teams facing off as they both came into the league the same same time. 
And with that, promoters, we thank you for listening to another episode of Uncharted Territory. We'll be back next week. I hope everyone's going to have a grand time at Galacticon, and maybe we'll have some Galacticon reports uh, on our episode next week. Until then, thank you, everyone. Stay safe out there. We'll talk to you soon. Hey, promoters, it's Corey again. Just a reminder that we'd love to hear from you. If you have questions, comments, or topic suggestions for Uncharted Territory, please leave us an audio message. You can go to anchor.fm backslash Corey hyphen Olson 5. That's C-O-R-Y hyphen O-L-S-O-N, the number 5. Click the message button and record a one-minute message. Or you can email your question or audio question to our email address, utpodcast2020 at gmail.com. That's utpodcast and the numbers 2020 at gmail.com. We might include your content in a future episode of Uncharted Territory. The 2021 George Tragos Luthes Professional Wrestling Hall of Fame Induction Weekend takes place July 15th through 17th in Waterloo, Iowa. Come see many of the legends of wrestling and the future stars of the sport. This year's award winners include former WWE and UFC star The World's Most Dangerous Man, Ken Shamrock, former WWE Champion and Olympic Powerlifter, Mark Henry, and the Dean of Professional Wrestling, Gordon Soley. And this year's 2021 Hall of Fame class features Iowa's own Earl Wampler and former NWA World Tag Team Champion, Don Kernodal. In addition to honoring these wrestling legends, a great card of wrestling action will be presented on Friday night at the Five Sullivan Brothers Center. This card will be brought to you by Impact Pro Wrestling, one of the top promotions in the Midwest today. Come check out the Hall of Fame Classic Tournament featuring some of the top independent wrestlers today including Drama King Matt, GPA, One Called Manders, Gary J, JC, Jeremy Wyatt, AJ Smooth, and Gable Galileo. And for the first time in Hall of Fame weekend history, a women's tournament will take place featuring Heather Monroe, Miranda Gordy, Briar Hale, and Brooke Valentine. Also, the IPW Heavyweight Championship will be on the line as the big picture champion for over two years defends against the golden boy, Bryce Jordan. Plus more top stars including Colt Cabana, Wes Briscoe, James Jeffries, and more. And don't forget the annual Luthez Cup Battle Royal featuring many of the up-and-comers on the Midwest independent scene. Plus, meet several of the legends of wrestling's past such as James J. Dillon, Jerry Briscoe, Mr. USA Tony Atlas, Sergeant Slaughter, Barry Windham, Mike Rotunda, and more. Also meet wrestling author Mark James and longtime referee James Beard, as well as legendary wrestling coach and American wrestler Dan Gable. Get autographs from these stars in one of the most fan-friendly wrestling fan fests around. For the complete list of guests, check out the Luthez George Tragos Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame page on Facebook. For all access passes, call 319-233-0745 or visit the link in the Uncharted Territory podcast notes. Again, that's 319-233-0745. The George Tragos Luthez Professional Wrestling Hall of Fame Induction Weekend, July 15th through 17th in Waterloo, Iowa. And good night, Denmark.